Hello, church family. Today we are in Acts chapter 6, verse 8 to 15. This is a, uh, a magnificent chapter. Um, I think oftentimes we think about the heroes of the faith, and Stephen is one of those, in a lot of ways, he was the first martyr in the church. Um, the church was established in the beginning of Acts, and they were thriving and they were growing uh, through the preaching and teaching of the apostles. They were healing people. They were authenticating Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, and, and they were using Scripture to defend uh, their claims. Uh, and now, uh, at this point, it seems like there is now hostility towards the Christians. You remember that um, back in chapter 5, when Ananias and Sapphira died, uh, people did not want to associate with the church, but they at least held them to high esteem. Um, and even before that, John and Peter, they did not, uh, although they were uh, captured um, and they were arrested, uh, they were really were given a slap on the wrist and command not to do anything. But as time progressed, you can see that they, um, you know, the persecution gave even worse and worse. At the end of chapter 4, Five, um, the apostles were flogged uh, and were beaten uh, for proclaiming the the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and uh, the apostles and disciples walked away praising the Lord because they found that they were worthy to suffer in the name of Jesus Christ. And now, um, chapter six. This is where really the things get escalate to a point where they're they're willing to kill Christians, and Stephen is in a lot of ways the, is the first martyr. When we look at the through this entire uh, chapter or book of Acts, the first half for 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 the most part, the first several chapters speaks of the ministry of Peter, um, and when we get to this portion, it's kind of like the bridge, uh, and by that I mean that. There's going to be a shift of focus from focusing on the ministry of Peter to focusing the ministry of Paul. Stephen is kind of like the guy in between. He he goes he and it's, it's actually interesting literary how it works because we know how the story ends ends by you know, Stephen dying at the end of uh, chapter seven and you see uh, that there is Saul. Uh, Saul appears or you know before the pre-conversion of. Uh, the Apostle Paul, Saul appears. So it's almost like this hand baton that's, uh, that's going on here. Um, and, and Stephen here really shows us what it means to be a faithful person, uh, to be faithful and godly. Um, he did all that God wanted him to do. He was known, uh, he was clearly known in the church as someone that's faithful and is really a, a leader amongst uh, the, the church in a lot of ways. He was an example and model of godliness. And, uh, but he was going to be killed. Uh, this is a way to which we can know that um, uh, Stephen, his ministry has actually gone forth uh, through his death. Uh, because we know in the totality of the uh, church history, this is really the first event that made all the Christians disperse. Um, the, Jesus Christ uh, told them that they have to go to the end of the earth and, and for a while they're just stuck in Jerusalem and that's good because that's where God wants them to be and God would providentially use certain events to cause the Christians to disperse so that they can go and make disciples of all nations. And I think this is what's going on here. Um, this is the event that God uses to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. Which gives us 
a lesson here to think about that where however the lord wants us uh, and and wants us put us wherever he wants he will make it happen he'll sometimes even use global events so that we can be scattered or move from one place to another and where wherever we go that's where god wants us to be and all we are called to do is be faithful in making disciples and wherever the lord has placed us so when we look at the life of stephen um, really, this is a, a, a this is going to overlap with the last episode because last episode we talked about how they chose Stephen. He was known as a certain individual, and uh, this is really his testimony before we get to his defense uh, for the gospel. So let's, let's first look at his character, and this is actually going to go back up a little bit from chapter six, verse three. Um, recall, they said that uh, you know, the disciples. Um, or the Christians at the time had a, had, a, had a dilemma going on with people who were not caring for the widows, and they asked the apostles to help them. And the, and the apostles told them that their job is not to serve tables, but to minister the word of God. And uh, they t- and the and the, elder, and the apostles at the time gave them instruction to go find people of, of good reputation that are are wise and are filled with the Spirit. And the first person that they name is Stephen. He's the first one that shows up here in uh, chapter 6, verse 3. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of spirit of wisdom, whom, you may, whom we may put in charge for this task. But we will devote ourselves to prayer to the ministry and to the ministry of the word. The statement found approval with the whole congregation, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. He was the first one. He's like, he has this almost like prominent rank. He's the first one that's listed, and there's all these other people afterwards. Uh, Stephen was one of the unique, uh, really the, one of the very like one of the first kind of like deacon type people. He's full of spirits. He's also full of wisdom, and he, um, and uh, you know the name Stephen is is derived from the word Stephanos, which means a victor's crown. Uh, in a lot of ways, he's he lived up to that name. He was going to be killed for it, for his faith, and uh, he lived up to that uh, to his name of having received a crown, an eternal crown, not a perishable one. He was a lot of ways a spiritual leader. He was important uh, in that church. He was known as someone that's full of spirit and faith. And what does it mean to be full of faith and and full of the spirit? Well, to be full of faith just means that he is dominated by by trusting in the Lord. Um, He has this total uh, dependency on the Lord. He trusts God and trusts everything that he was taught and know about Jesus Christ. And he was full of faith. Uh, the Bible does speak about full of all, the, all these different things. Remember, I referenced that there was a full of anger, full of jealousy, full of the spirits. And in this case, he was full of faith. That means that he did not waver in his faith. He, he bought into everything that the apostles taught, and he was faithful in that way. Uh, he, he held on to the truth that was once delivered to from the saints. And um, he was that first generation people that, that believed wholeheartedly the truth claims of Jesus Christ. And he was also full of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And that means that he was he did what God wants him to do. In the, in the book of Galatians, it's that the fruit of the Spirit, all these different attributes, these are all char- character traits that he did. He was, he was filled with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness. You know, he did all of these things. He had all those things because he was moved by the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and that's what he was known for. He was known for that. He was known for his... Uh, his faith and the fact that he was full of the Holy Spirit. And we'll see this continue on when we begin jumping down back to verse 8, the text, uh, uh, really the, le- the lesson that we're going to go over here.
Verse 8, And Stephen was full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. So it's interesting now. It seems he was, full of, he was full of spirit, full of faith, and now he's full of grace and power. And what is the difference? Why didn't they just use the same word? Why did they use a different one? Why is he full, full of these things and not, uh, and not the ones that's mentioned? Well, grace and power are really just a result of, the, of, of faith in the Holy Spirit. You know, the word grace is car, it's the, the, the results of someone's faith. Uh, he always uh, thought the best of other people. And we understand that word grace in our own life in the way in relative to the Lord. Right? Grace is, he is giving something to someone that they do not deserve. Um, and that's what Stephen is. He, he is like that. And that's why he was such a uh, faithful servant leader in that way, because he was someone that always um, cared for other people, thought the best of other people, and, ho and, and, and was just demonstrating a life of graciousness to those around him. And he did that because he understood the grace that was shown to him. And, the, and I think this is very clear, actually, at the end of chapter 7, when he was about to die, he said, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Having this, he, having this, he fell asleep. So even at the very end, he, he responded in grace that's, uh, that's similar to Christ. Remember when Christ was nailed on the cross, he pleaded with the Father to forgive those people, for they do not know what they're doing. Uh, and that was just an amazing demonstration of grace, because they, those people don't deserve that kind of, um, kind, like, that kind of grace. You know, for most of us, I'm sure, if we were in the Stephen's position or Jesus' position, if we were being killed uh, for our faith, I wonder how many of us will, will, would curse the people that are killing us or, 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 or say something that's like, oh, God's going to damn you or, or God pour your wrath upon those that are killing me. You know, it's those type of languages, like imprecatory type prayers. That might be where most of us are at, but that's not where Stephen was. Stephen is someone that is... Um, just filled with grace and even at the very end he was hoping that the Lord will forgive them. He was also a man that was filled with power and what is special about that just means that he just had the ability to do amazing things and he was used by the Lord in a very unique way. As I said at the end of verse 8 that he was performing great wonders and signs among the people. So he had through the working of the Spirit able to do uh, and use uh, you know, some miraculous things to heal people, to serve people in a very special way. That is because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now let's look at uh, his courage. That was all his character. Now let's look at his courage from now, from verse 9 to the end of the chapter. But some men from what was called the synagogue of the freedmen, including the Cyrenians and Alexandrians and some of Sicilia and Asia, rose and argued with Stephen. Um, so th this is someone that, I mean, they were, they, like, this is how you know where the churches were being persecuted, because Jews from all over, uh, the Middle East and even into Africa came to try to argue against Stephen. So this is amazing. This is like it's like it's all of these people from uh, over, and they could not win. They they were these were the best minds of Judaism, and they tried to debate Stephen, and they lost. Verse ten. But they were unable to cope with the wisdom, the spirit which which he was speaking. And this is one of those amazing things that the uh, the foolishest of man was. Uh, I mean, the wisdom of man cannot take on the foolishness of God, right? Like the, the, the worst thing, the, the, the least of what God is able to do or have to offer is better than the greatest thing, the greatest mind that man can ever produce. And that's just something that we have to understand and we need to stand bold. And um, I think part of the reason why Peter was uh, so 
bold and um, and and amazing in his debate. It wasn't so much of his oratory skill; it was because he truly did have faith, and he understood. He believed everything that he was taught, so he was able to teach with such conviction, and he knew the faith enough so that you know both the Old Testament uh, for us, the Old Testament, um, and you know, how and implication how all of these those things tie to Jesus, and he was able to debate that. And we see later on he does the same thing in chapter seven. Um, he debates against these Jews, and then these uh, these Jewish leaders were unable to to win, um, and as a result, uh, they have to slander his character. Verse eleven. Then they secretly induce men to say, "We have heard from, uh, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God." And they stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes, and they came up to him and dragged him away and brought him before the council. What the Jewish people did at the time essentially was that they slandered. Um, Stephen. They start saying things that weren't true, or they bend uh, certain things about him, the things they said uh, to fit uh, their narrative so that they can go and kill and, and make it really a cause against Stephen. Um, you know, we live in a world, digital age, and there's like people that can manipulate, you know, videos and make people think or say certain things that are not true, or um, what do we call those deep fakes in our day, like where people have like uh, they can get someone to say things that are not real, um, or that you know they could just have enough uh, footages from the things that they would say, and then they can make them say whatever they want. That's what's going. That's kind of like what would be the the modern equivalent. Basically, they could not win a theological debate, so they want to character assassinate him. And that's what they were trying to do, and they said that they dragged him away into the council. So, and again, it's interesting that the people were stirred up because at one point they were all for. Christianity, or not, maybe they were tolerable, and they at least had reverence for them, but now they are stirred up against him, and they dragged him away, and the word dragged here is a very violent word here, it means that they aggressively pulled him and, and brought him before the council. Verse 13, they put forward false witnesses who said, this man increasingly, incessantly speaks against the holy place and the law of God, for we have heard him say that this Nazarene Jesus will destroy this place and alter the custom which Moses handed down to us. So he was basically saying that, well, these people that claim this guy was saying things about Moses. And it doesn't say what the debate was about, but somehow he was talking about Moses and Jesus and how, um, or the law, really, uh, and Jesus, and how Jesus when, uh, he fulfilled the law. And they probably uh, heard that and bent it and tried to make it seem like, uh, you know, there was some sort of insurrection group. Um, and they were, But really, it's just they, they, they chose not to understand or they understood it intellectually, but they did not want to grasp with the reality of it because that means that they understood it. The only response they have is to repent, but they hardened their own hearts and they wanted this person to die. Uh, in verse 15, and fixing their gaze on him, all who were sitting in the council saw his face like the face of an angel. Now, I don't know what that exactly looks like. I don't know if it meant that his, he was glowing or whatever, um, but it does seem like there, there was some sort of, something unique was happening when they looked at him. He he just looked like there was a calmness to him. Um, you know, there's usually in the Bible when an angel appears, people tremble in fear, but they were looking at him and he just seemed so, he, they, he was so calm. Uh, they didn't, obviously did not worship uh, Stephen, but he was just so courageous in defending the faith. They kept on rebuking him, but when they looked at him, he just looked like an angel. And now it's interesting because the only other person that seemed to have a face like this was there all the way back in the Old Testament when Moses came out of the mountain. And uh, in verse 11 said that they, they blasphemed the word against Moses and against God. 
And the irony is that now Stephen looks like Moses in that way, in that the, the, he reflects something that uh, that is hard to describe. And you recall uh, when I was doing the Exodus series, when Moses came down the mountain, his, his face was glowing. Uh, people were terrified of him. Now these people are terrified of his arguments, and they're going to try their best to kill Stephen. But Stephen was bold, and he was not afraid because he had he was a man that was full of faith. He was filled with the spirits. He was full of grace, and he was also filled with power as well. Now this is really a lesson for us when we think about our life. Are we people that are like Stephen and that we're filled with faith? Do you have conviction that what you hear and learn about the Word of God is completely true? Do you waver in it? Do you have your moments of doubt? And if those doubts come up, do you go back? Do you repent of those doubts and ask God to give you faith to increase so that you can continue to live faithfully to Him? Are you full of the Spirit? Uh, that means that are you living in such a way uh, that, that that's, makes you moved and, and make, basically make you holy? Um, you live in such a way that reflects the fact that Jesus is Lord. Um, you know, when you speak, are you filled with grace uh, in your life? You know, do you show kindness to people that, and, and do good things to people that they don't deserve? Because if you are those things, then you'll be filled with power to be used by God in a very special way. And I trust that if you, especially all of us in this time where persecution seems to be coming soon, we need this conviction, we need this boldness like Stephen. We need to be able to have a, uh, be filled with the Holy Spirit, be filled with faith, be filled with grace, and be filled with power so that we can be used by God. And I trust that if there is a time that comes where you and I would potentially be persecuted for our faith, that we will that we, our face won't glow uh, like a face of an angel. At least uh, I don't think that will happen. But at least we'll, we will be courageous like Stephen was to be able to faithfully declare Christ and not be afraid, uh, even if it means they'll cost their lives. I hope that this is helpful to you. Uh, next, on our next episode, we're going to go through a very large portion, which is Stephen's defense against the Jewish council and what will end with him dying for his faith. Thanks for listening. I hope that this was helpful in your walk with Christ. Take care and have a great day.